Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. This week we walk in the footsteps of the parasha of Balak and Balak was a Midianite king that was very worried because the Jewish people at this time were already 40 years in the desert, they were ready to go into the land of Israel. They had to fight these wars against the other nations and they, they had been very successful till now. So this king of, of Moab, Balak, got very worried and he went and sent to bring Bilam, who was a, a prophet of the time, a sorcerer, to come and give uh, curses, to curse the Jewish people because he realized that he could not win a war against them. They had Hashem with them. So he realized, like you know, there's this great prophet that if he says curses, he will be able to uh, eradicate the Jewish people and I will be left alone. So Rabbi Aydin Steinswald in his book Talks on the Parasha is explaining to us uh, the personality of Bilam and what's the difference between a Jewish prophet and a non-Jewish prophet. Here we see that other nations do have prophets, do have people who have a connection to God in which they can see the future and they can talk to God. In the case of Bilam, he was at the same level as Moshe Rabbeinu. He was considered at the same level. And it's more that the prophecies of the end of days that we have in our Torah, in, in specifically in this Torah portion, if you read it, you're going to see that the prophecies that come from the end of days are given to the Jewish people by none other than Bilam. And in the Torah, we see that the biggest prophet that there has ever existed was Moshe Rabbeinu. It says, from Moshe to Moshe, nobody like Moshe. But Bilam was considered at the same level as Moshe Rabbeinu. So let's see. Bilam's virtues. Bilam's prophecy is the only one cited in the Torah that is not spoken by Moses. So we see that he that it says in the Torah, in, in the Deuteronomy, it says no other prophet like Moses has arisen in Israel. In Israel, he has not arisen. So it's saying here is that in, in, in the people of Israel, in the, in the, in the, in, in the, as a Jewish people, there has never been another prophet like Moses. But among the nation, he did arise and he was Bilam. Also, the sages, when we talk about <clears throat> Other, other characters in the Torah that are not righteous from other nations, we try not to talk about them a lot. It says, like, not talk to them ab about them, about their deficiencies a lot. But according to the sages about Bilam, we should talk a lot because there's a lot to learn from him. There's a lot that we need to grasp from this personality that we need to learn from so we don't become like him. So it says, he, with him I speak mouth to mouth, like Moses, he had the capacity to speak to God mouth to mouth, in a vision and not in riddles. He saw Hashem with his own eyes. He is a man who merited speaking with God face to face, with unconcealed vision, with un, un, unobscured perception. Moses, that someone can be compared like Moses is a major compliment. But Bilam's prophecy is important, also in its content, because Bilam's prophecy, we not only see in the future, but we also see the grand vision of the Jewish people. So his prophecy really talks about the grandiosity of the Jewish people. And his vision comes to the end of days, 
and a star shall go forth from Jacob, this is in Numbers, were not spoken by Moses, they were spoken by Bilam. And Bilam is the one who speaks of the end of days, the ultimate end, how the whole world collapse and the Jewish people will, uh, will remain. So we see from him that it's, um, it's not a joke. He was a very big prophet. Uh, he was considered a very big prophet. And when he came to curse the Jewish people, only blessings came out of his mouth. So we see from his personality that he seems to be a very righteous person. And he tells Bilam, he sends messages to him, and he says, you know what? I can come and curse the Jewish people, but if Hashem doesn't allow me to curse them, I cannot curse them. I can only do what God allows me to do. I cannot go against Hashem. I cannot go against the Jewish people. So uh, <clears throat> Bilam is a prophet of God, a human being with a life connection with the Holy One, blessed be he. And we see that Pharaoh had three advisors. One of them was Hope, the famous Hope. Then was Itro, which ended up uh, converting to Judaism. He was the father-in-law of Moshe Rabbeinu. And then we have Bilam. And these three people have one thing in common, and that, that set them apart from the rest of the, of the people of that time. And it was that they isolated themselves from other thinkers. They came to their conclusions on their own. They came to know God on their own, through their efforts. So we see here that the root of the problem of Bilam, because he seems like such a righteous man, but in reality he was not a righteous man, he was very wicked indeed, and he was an anti-Semite. We see that the root of his problem was that he was a self-centered person. So the difference between a Moshe Rabbeinu and, and Bilam, Moshe Rabbeinu was the most humble person that ever existed. He, his character trait, his trait, his number one trait, was that he was a humble person. But Bilam, on the other hand, his character trait, his deficiency, really, was that he only did things for himself. Even though he looked very connected to Hashem, and that he would do everything that Hashem told him, he had a, a different agenda. His agenda was not God's agenda, even though he did what God asked him to do. And we see that God tells him, don't go with them, don't go with them, I don't, I don't allow it, I don't, I don't give you permission to go and, and curse the Jewish people. And he's worried because they're not giving him uh, enough honor. And he tells uh, Hashem, even if Balak would give me all the silver and all the gold of his palace, I would not go. So we see that his intentions were not good intentions because why does he have to say the silver and the gold? We see that he's a very uh, uh, ambitious guy and this is what matters to him. And even though he doesn't curse the Jewish people, he never gets to curse them because every time he opened his mouth, only blessings came out and many of these blessings are in our Sidur till today we, we pray from them. Uh, at the end, he, always, he ended up looking for a way to make the Jewish people fall. And he realized that it had to come from them, that they were the ones that had to do an Avera, they had to do something that went against God, and in this way, they would bring on, upon themselves their own downfall. And he, con he, he did it. He sent the Moabite princesses to entice the Jewish men and, and engage them in illicit relationships and idol worship their God, Balpeor, and this was a very, very damaging to the Jewish people. We lost 24,000 
of the finest men in a plague because of, of this. But he was the one that came with the idea of, of sending these women to entice the Jewish men so they would end up falling into folly, into falling into sin. And in this way, then Hashem uh, would, would unleash his rage against the Jewish people. So we see that Bilam transcends his own personal story. He produces also students, disciples, that represent a whole school that stands in contrast to the school of Abraham Avinu. And Rabbi Steinsvall, uh, the sages, uh, compare these two uh, personalities and they, they see how they are so different. And so it says that whoever exhibits three, these, three dates, uh, these three traits are students of Abraham. And it says uh, the three traits of Abraham are um, are a good eye, a, a, mod, a modest spirit, and a humble soul. So whoever uh, has these three traits are considered from the house of Abraham, but the disciples of the wicked Bilam are completely opposite. They have an envious eye. They're looking at what other people have. They want what other people have. They're ambitious spirit, they're ambitious people, and they're arrogant soul. So Jews should be ambitious. It's not that we shouldn't be ambitious, but we should be ambitious in spiritual matters. Not in money, uh, money-hungry people. Not as they portray us in, in the cartoons. This is not really what a Jew is. A Jew should not be money-hungry. He should work hard and he should make a living so he can have a proper Jewish life. Like kosher meat is expensive, Jewish schools are expensive, to dress in the proper ways. A Jewish life is an expensive life. So we work hard because we need the money to be able to have a, a righteous life, but not because we are money hungry and we want to be gaining and gaining and gaining. Sadly, many people fall into this, but this is not really the, the thought, the school of thought of Abraham Avinu. It comes from Bilam. So we see here that, the, that Bilam transcends his own personal story. He produces students and, and represents all this way of thought. And his self-centeredness and his envious eye and ambition spirit and, and his arrogant soul are what at the end made him uh, fall. This is what brought him to his own destruction. So Bilam's prophecy is evident that it is communicated through him, what Hashem wants him to do, but nevertheless, he always has this, um, this ambitious spirit that is, that is making him do things that he shouldn't be doing, and he goes really against Hashem's will. And we see that Abraham, on the other hand, goes completely with God. Uh, even when God asked Abraham to go to the Akedah and sacrifice his son, even though he didn't understand what God was asking from him and it didn't make any sense, it, didn't, it, 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 it was completely crazy what God was asking from him. Like he would lose everything he did in his whole life, like his name, people would not look up to him anymore, like they wouldn't believe in him anymore, he would lose everything he was willing to go with God and do what Hashem wanted but Bilam was the opposite of Abraham so we see here that the difference between the students of Bilam and the students of Abraham eh, come to the way in which they serve Hashem and the way in which they search for God 
So both of them are searching for God. They're soul searchers, they're searching. One is a philosopher, the other one is like a Kabbalist. And the difference between them is that the Kabbalist and the philosopher have the same fundamental question regarding the disparity between God and the world. And we see how they be joined together in one system. They, this question is rooted in the fundamental question of both the faithful and the philosophers that they can't come to understand how there's a world and there is God. Like, how can these two things exist uh, together? So they formulate the question in two different ways. So the philosopher's reasoning begins as follows. He says, there is a world, I can see there is a world. So if there is a world, how can there be a God? And today, many people don't believe there's a God. They think there was a Big Bang and the world made itself uh, through an explosion and they can't understand that there's a creator of the world. But the Kabbalist, he thinks in a very different way. And the question for him is not if there is a God. The question for the Kabbalist is if there is a God, how can there be a world? Because in reality, there's nothing else. There's nothing else apart from God. Everything is Hashem. So the person that is uh, connected to Torah and to Hashem, he sees the world as part of God. He sees it as, as one with God. It's not something that is separate from God. It, they go one in one. It's like talking about a person. They, he has head, he has eyes, he has a nose, he has a mouth, has a body. You don't see a person like in separate parts. When you see a person, you see the person. This is the same way with Hashem. When you see the world, you should be seeing God in the world. So when our sages choose to contrast Bilam and Abraham, they did because they, 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 they true, they, because there truly is profound similarity between them. They both searched and they both found their way to God by themselves. The difference between them is what happens when they encounter a, is unexplained and the unexplainable where God tells them to do something that is against their essential nature. So as I said before, Bilam goes against Hashem. He does whatever he wants. He always finds the way to get his way without going against God. God tells him, don't go and curse the Jewish people. He doesn't want the Jewish people to be touched. But nevertheless, he finds a way to go and make the Jewish people fall. And we see how Abraham is always looking for God and being connected to God and doing what God wants from him, even though he doesn't understand what Hashem wants from him. He just does what God wants. He's an extension of God. He's a chariot of God. So we see here that there is one world in which the mind functions brilliantly, reaching the highest levels of understanding of the divine. But there also exists another world which consists of what one does in one's spare time. And, the, and, and we see that there's people who are very spiritual and they're learning and they're doing things and they're doing kindness. But in their spare time, what are they doing with their spare time? What are they filling it with? And this is where you see the, the, the power of a person. When a person is not wasting his, his moments in stupidity, like he's reading the um, not good magazines or not a good book in his spare time. You see that there's something that is disconnected from this person. But a person, when he's holy, when he's really connected to Hashem, when he's working in his spiritual uh, growth, in his spare time, he's still working on his spiritual growth. 
He's not gonna go and do things that are out of what will allow him to continue connecting to God and continue to grow. So the Kotzer Rebbe would ask, how is it possible that, that our sages call Bilam a prophet? How can it be that such a evil person could be called a prophet? And can it be possible that a person like this can exist? And the answer is yes, it is possible. There's people who take wisdom and they know a lot and they learn a lot and they teach a lot. And, and, and the more a person knows and he learns, Hashem sends him more knowledge and more connection to him. But at the end of the day, this person can go and do complete the opposite of what he's preaching. So hope had the ability, uh, sorry, Bilam had the ability to connect solely to the intellect, but he could not connect to his emotions. He, has, he had a disconnect between his intellect and his emotions. What he thought was not what he felt. And usually when a person has a connection between his intellect and his emotions, and you look at it, think about it, whatever you're thinking is what you're feeling. But he didn't connect it. He was completely disconnected. And it says here that whoever says that he has only an interest in the study of the Torah, but, but not its observance, does not even have to his credit the mitzvah of studying Torah. So a person who's learning Torah, for example, should want to be better. A person that's learning new things, new, 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 it's not new, obviously, it's old, old, old. It's the blueprint of creation. God created the world with the, with the Torah. This is the blueprint. But for us, it's new, a new insight, something new that we learn. And we don't put it into practice is as if we, we don't even get the credit for learning it because then what's the, pro, what's the use here? And that's the difference between Abraham and Bilam and, or Moshe and Bilam. That Bilam, he knew a lot. He was a philosopher. He knew so much. But at the end of the day, he didn't practice what he knew. He didn't put it into, into, into his life. He didn't internalize it. He, it didn't make him a better person. It, then it didn't make him someone better. That's what happens here. Because when we get knowledge and we take knowledge for self-centered reasons, only to be a person that knows more, a person that is uh, in, a, in a higher level than other people because he's more intellectual or he's a professor or he's this or he's that. But in reality, he's not doing it for the service of Hashem. He's not doing it, not for egocentrical reasons, but to do it for God. How can I serve God better if I know this? If I know I should be doing this, how can I serve Hashem in a better way? How can I do it in a better way? When a person is not thinking about his ego, about his position, about him, but he's thinking about Hashem, then that humility will allow him to be able to 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 be a good prophet. But a person that takes all this knowledge inside and he just eats it up and he bloats about it, but he doesn't really change as a human being, he doesn't grow from it and he doesn't become a better person, then it, this whole thing is a farce. And we see it in many cases where we have gurus and we have um, spiritual people that connect people to God or connect God, people to other deities and people are flocking to these places and suddenly you see that this person in, in the, in the, on the side has a very uh, shady personality and you see it. Why? Because they take all this knowledge that they have and for sure they have powers 
but they use it for the evil side. They don't use it for godly purposes. So the holiness of Israel begins with a mixture of the spiritual and the physical. That's what we do. We bring heaven down to earth and we take earth and we bring it up to heaven. We, all the material world we use for Hashem, we use it, to be, use it to be able to elevate the world, to use it for Him. And this is what... It, makes the Jewish people the Jewish people. And we read in Ecclesiastes that he who increases wisdom increases pain. A person that has more wisdom does not refer to intellect but to the connection and fusion that must exist as the nexus of the two worlds. Pain is the Jewish heartache when he asks himself what he should do now that God has endowed him with this new wisdom. This is the pain because when a Jew learns something new, there's a pain, like, oh no, I have to do this now. I remember when my husband was taking his, um, his uh, smiha program, he wanted to become a rabbi, he would come home and he would come with all these new alahas that I had no idea about the kitchen and the pans. And when he started telling me, Margie, you need a pan only for fish. You cannot use the other ones. It has to be only for fish. And I used to start to boil, like, why, why do I have to do this? I felt pain. And then at the end, I just gave in and I knew, okay, I have to do this. If I know it, how am I not going to do it? How am I not going to change? So wisdom then is an awesome responsibility. When we know more, we have more responsibility. It's how they say ignorance is bliss. Yes, ignorance is bliss. Why? Because when a person doesn't know, no connection, no responsibility, no accountability. He's, he's free to be a, an ignoranimous. But when a person has knowledge... Knowledge is power, but that power has to be transformed into the use of, of the proper use of that knowledge. So we, we know here, and this is the punchline of, of, the, of, the, of the comparison between Bilam and Abraham, is that Bilam, Bilam lived in a world where everything that is connected with the abstract uh, thought ceases to be meaningful, and this is the path that he teaches his dis disciples. He, he didn't teach the, the abstract. He was not a person that was mystical. He, he was more into what is in there for me. And Bilam the soothsayer, eh, that's how he ended up in the Torah at the end when he's killed eh, by the Jews. He, he, they, they don't say this is Bilam the prophet. He ends up being Bilam, the son of, um, of Beor, the soothsayer, with the sword along with their other slain. He's not seen again as Bilam, the, the prophet. Bilam ceases to be a prophet, a man of God, and all that remains is Bilam, the soothsayer. Because in reality, what's important of the story of Balak and Bilam is not what he did, is how it ends. And at the end, you see that people who have all this knowledge, that they, they think they know so much, they make themselves so important in other people's eyes, but they don't, they don't walk the talk. They talk, 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 but they don't do anything with what they know. You see, at the end, they end up being nobody. They end up being nobody. And at the end of the Torah portion, you see that uh, he dies. And then we see Pinhas, the zealot that comes and saves the day. 
and then we see Yehoshua. This is the next phase of the Jewish people. So he's gone. Nobody wants to know anything about him, but the Jewish people remain. So the question I leave you with is, you listen to these classes. You, some of you go into my Instagram account, livealittlehigher.com. I post every day something about the Torah, something to help you live a little higher. The question is, are you living a little higher? What are you gaining from all this? Every time you listen to a class, you should be a new person. You should be someone new. You should have to be someone that was not before. It should make you a better person. It should make you a holier person. Someone that is living really a little higher. So I wish you a great week. And remember, live a little higher. Thank you.